Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. I see the fun. seem fun the diary of jen kirkman podcast it's the 200th episode oh my god can you believe it i feel like it's the 4000th episode i'm like 200 that's it but i guess i've been doing it what four years and that's about 52 a year and then sometimes i didn't even do 52 a year um oh breaking news north korea just launched a missile. I think in celebration of my 200th episode. Um, let's see. What, how can we celebrate this? Oh, I have an idea. Well, first of all, I can celebrate it by telling you that this podcast is popular. And I remember when it started, I'm like, I'm not going to have advertising. Well, I was making a pretty sweet salary working at Chelsea lately at the time. And this was just an extra fun thing that I didn't know I was going to keep doing. And now it's part of my job. And now it's like, yeah, there's advertising. Pay this bitch. (laughs) Pay this bitch to do her podcast because there's expenses. Got to pay people. Got to do a thing. And I love doing it. Um, So, yeah. I know I was like, I'm never doing that. Well, guess what? I sold out. I'm a corporate whore and I'm making speeches to Wall Street. This week's episode is sponsored by our favorite talk space. Also, we got a new sponsor with us today. We are being sponsored by um, the RX Bar and Texture, which we talked about. And I love all three. And we'll get more into that later. So. But first of all, let us celebrate together that we have gone, we've gone through so much in these 200 episodes. I think I broke up with the same person twice. What else have I done? I've, uh, 
became a full-time touring comedian. I've had two Netflix specials. I've had um, <clears throat> some voice troubles. <laughs> what, we've gone through so much. Just picture a bunch of pictures floating in like a montage and and you'll get the idea. But what, I don't want to celebrate me. This isn't about me. I want to celebrate you guys. I just put this out there, and if anyone fucking likes it, then great. Which should actually be the new slogan for I Seem Fun. I just put this out there, and if anyone fucking likes it, that's great. But I celebrate that you guys have found me, that I've found you, that we've found each other, that you've audience members have found each other. We all sort of vibe the same vibe. And we don't have to be alone anymore. <laughs> Woo! Oh, this is getting to be a party. Shirts unbuttoned to the navel. Cool in the gang. Seem fun. Just yell seem fun instead of come on. Seem fun. Let's celebrate. There's a party going on right here. A celebration to last throughout the year. 52 episodes, so bring your good times and bad and your laughter too. We gonna celebrate my podcast with you. Come on now, I seem fun. Let's all listen and have a good time. Celebration. There's a sound of a dryer and we're having a good time. It's time to listen together. It's up to you. What's your pleasure? Fuck the haters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on. Woo. Woo All right. It's a celebration. Uh, Copyright infringement much? Okay. So, in usual fashion, I sort of forgot that it was the 200th episode. I was like, well, I was all confused. Um, and so I didn't prepare anything special. And you know how it is. So, I just got caught up in touring and I'm talking so goddamn much. I can't believe I still have a voice. But it's just like two hours of press like every other day. And I've been working on this pitch for a TV show and we've been pitch, like we pitch, you know, we were the team that my team and I, you know, we work on it, like the writers and the producers. And it's like, we'll spend hours a day just like saying it over and over and over. We took a 35 page document, got it down to five pages, phone calls, meetings. And I'm like, okay, I'll, my calendar is like, oh, I'm always erasing. Delete. Nope. Oh, no. And then by the time I might have time to record an episode, I'm like, it's midnight. Do I go to bed or, you know, do I collapse? So um, here the deal is we are here with the 200th episode. And I'm going to explain it to you because... It's not your usual episode, which 
is sort of fun in a 200th way, but it's also like, that was pretty slap shot, Jen. But first of all, we're going to talk about RX bar. So I've been on the road and I like to, and I'm not bull essing you guys. Okay. I don't, I, there's a, a company that asked to advertise in this podcast. And I said, no, because the items like it was a, you know, one of those like cook from home companies. And I was like, but I don't eat meat and I don't want to sell meat. So I only do things that I actually believe in or things that I use. Like I don't use Talkspace because I have a therapist, but I actually would use it if I were in a jam and couldn't use my therapist for a while. But, um, but I actually eat the RX bar and they're awesome. So first of all, just go to rxbar.com slash I seem fun and you're going to get all the information. So RX bar is a power bar and I take them on the road. They are so filling that it actually feels like a meal replacement. And I like to eat them in the morning because it keeps me going. And the ingredients are on the package. So like one of them, it's like their core ingredients do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and five almonds with no BS. Real food ingredients actually taste good. You can taste the, the cacao, the real fruit, and the spices, and the sea salt. And this is true. When I eat other bars, and they didn't tell me to start bashing other bars, so I'm, I may just keep keep that to a minimum, but... When I eat other things, I can taste it. it tastes chemicals. I don't feel full. I'm like, eh. It feels like I just, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I might as well just eat in a candy bar because that's a, but these are actually feel like I'm eating food. And, uh, but you can't, you know, I'm not going to get on an airplane with three eggs and five almonds and some sea salt, like, and start, you know, cooking it up. So I love these. I just keep one in my purse. Who knows? You know, people forget to eat sometimes. It's uh, rarely do I forget to eat, but it happened this morning. I was rushing around getting ready for this pitch and I was like, crap, I forgot to eat. And I was so mad because I'd forgotten to put my RX bar in my purse because I do this thing. I'm like, I should keep them in my purse in case I forget to eat. And then I'm about to put it in my purse and I go, I'm not going to forget to eat. Like put in the damn purse, Jen. It doesn't do any good at the house. So... I have to be more of that person. Um, but yeah, they've got everything. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there is an RX bar for you. So there's 11 different flavors. They are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. No added sugar, no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or filters. Egg whites for protein, dates to bind, and nuts for texture. They're great for breakfast on the go, snack at the office, throw in your bag for the plane. I do this post or pre-workout snack and egg white protein is a source of protein that's easy for your body to absorb. So my favorite, I actually do like, uh, the one that, that has a sea salt in it. Anything with any of theirs that have sea salt and the egg whites is my favorite. Um, there's a coconut one. I love There's a chocolate one. I love but I guess it's, it's cacao. Is it cacao? Cacao. 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 They're all my favorite. And I'm not just saying that they were like, name your favorite. I'm like, I actually like all 11 of them. So here's the deal. They're called whole food protein bars. Don't call them power bars. Okay. The bars are made with hundred percent whole ingredients. They want to be transparent with their customers, which is why they label the core ingredients egg whites, dates, and nuts on the front of the package and the ingredients that make up the texture and taste on the back, like cacao and coconut. So they're a go-to snack 
but they actually taste good. I swear to God, I am not lying. I would not sell you something that doesn't taste good. Uh, this is how they started. In 2013, we called BS on protein bars. We couldn't find a bar that wasn't full of artificial ingredients, fillers, preservatives, and just general crap. That's why, Oh, I guess I can mention other bars. That's why we set out to create a bar with a few simple, clean ingredients where every ingredient serves a purpose. I'm telling you guys, get a box of these. Just, just live that way. Just be that person. So go to rxbar.com slash fun and enter fun at checkout you get 25% off of your first order. Do you understand? That's a lot. Most things are like 5% off. Oh, thanks. 25%. rxbar.com slash fun and enter promo code fun at checkout. Do it. Thank you. So this is what happened, y'all. I was uh, running around like, oh, I'm totally going to tape a new episode when I get home. And I had... Like I couldn't, I, I was in Vancouver and I had like a 6am flight back to Burbank airport, which is closer to where I live. And I was like, Oh, oh God, bored myself with the story of, oh God, I'll get home at like noon. I had to work on the pitch that day. We were pitching uh, to a network the next day. What happened? Tell me everything's still up in the air. We don't know if anyone's going to buy it. Um, if they do all it means stupid things stopped recording anyway. So, ah, I just, ah, I'm so, you guys, I've been sleeping four hours a night for two weeks. It's so not JKL. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I was like, I'll do that. I'll do this. Okay. So then my writing partner and I and producer partner, like we're going back and forth with pages on the pitch and they're like, let's do this major change. And Jen, can you make these adjustments? And I was like, totally. And then I was like, "Mm, this is probably going to be like three, four hours of work. So do I want to get up at 4am, go home from Vancouver and have a layover in some city and then get home at noon. That's walk in the, that's land the plane at noon. Well, I don't have to land the plane myself. Plane lands at noon. So I'm really home. What? 1245. Then I'd have to sit down immediately and start to do three, four hours of work, which means the team that's then going to look at the work I did, I'm telling them you have to do that at five o'clock on Sunday. And then if they get back to me, then I have to write at 9 p.m. to finish the notes, the pitches in the morning. So I'm like, that is ridiculous. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change my flight. Someone on Instagram was like, how can you afford to change your flights? Like, uh, it's not ideal, but sometimes you fucking have to do it. Um, I think it was, I mean, it's, it's not like it's a flight to France. You know, it's, there was maybe a hundred dollars of inconvenience. So I, um, changed my flight. So I'm leaving Vancouver at like two o'clock or three o'clock, which is great. So I have the whole morning in my hotel room. So instead of getting up at 4am, I get up at like seven, get my pot of coffee. Oh, that is my favorite thing in a hotel. Like there was also a Starbucks across the street. So it was like double winter. It was like, because my hotel room had a microwave. It was like a little sweet. It was really cool. I got an amazing deal on hotels.com. I got this like sweet at this hotel in Vancouver for like $140. And that's like with the exchange rate. And the bathroom had those Dyson, um, fast drying hair dryers. Have you heard of these? They're like 500 bucks. 
And I was like, oh my God, they're amazing. And I tried it and I'm like, I don't get what's so great about it. And then I talked to like a real hairstylist. He's like, it's better if you're like using, if you're actually doing a real blowout. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Never mind. Great story, Jen. Anyway, so I, you know what's so funny is everyone accuses Donald Trump of sniffing and I'm like, he's on Coke. I sniff all the time when I've heard back my podcast. I'm like, it's like a nervous tick. I don't know why I do it. I think sometimes I'm testing to see if I have nasal stuff as related to um, uh, acid reflux. Um, anyway, I guess what I'm saying is I'm sorry, Donald Trump. Sometimes people sniff. Um, you know, my family used to call me Niffer because I was always sniffing as a kid. I was always, <laughs> that's, I breathed like a pug. And they call me Niffer or Sniffer. And then it turned into Niffer and then Little Niff. Oh my God, it was the cutest. I know my sisters listen to my podcast. How cute was I? I think I was the cutest one in the family. Sorry. I mean, my sister won a beauty contest, but I think I was the cutest toddler. Anyway, so. Oh, I wish Gail had gone further with Miss Needham. She could have been Miss Massachusetts. She thought it was a joke. She's a beautiful girl, and I really wish she had continued. My mother was heartbroken when my sister Gail won Miss Needham and then did not want to compete in Miss Massachusetts. What are you talking about? So anyway, they don't have Miss Needham anymore. I guess it's sexist. So wouldn't want to put the sexism right out there. Let's just put it back down buried deep inside so that it bubbles up. And when Hillary Clinton writes a book, the world goes mad. So anyway, I changed my flight. I did all the writing in the morning. Got my notes, adjusted, was going to write on the plane from San Francisco to Burbank. Like, oh, I have 45 minutes. The turbulence was so bad. Like I couldn't have even put my computer on the tray. It would have been like bouncing around and I've got so nauseous from the turbulence. I was like, this is happening. It was a giant jet. It wasn't like one of those, you know, like when you go on a short flight, like the planes can be smaller, like two and two. This was like a big United, like big ass jet that could have gone cross country. I was like, I always get mad on short flights in a big jet. I'm like, this shouldn't have turbulence. I have no idea if it should or shouldn't, but I have my own way that I think the world works. But, um, yeah. So by the time I got home, I couldn't record. And then Monday was pitching all day. Then, we got notes on the pitch and we had another pitch. So we had to do, and I was working and I, every night this week I've been like, I'm going to bed early. And one night I got in bed at seven and then I got a call like we've work to do. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. so I had a show at the Hollywood improv Wednesday night. I do a show called lab test. Um, thank you to the locals who come. It is sold out far in advance every time. And I love it. So, um, I just talk and I make up stuff that ended up being what I'm doing on tour now. And so I sort of turned that this past Wednesday night's taping into a podcast. So it's like sort of like a podcast because I'm telling stories, um, but you'll hear people laughing and I'm talking to the audience a little bit. So I know you guys don't always love the live episodes, but it's, it's not a live podcast. It's a, it's a, I am releasing as a podcast, this live thing I did. And I think it's kind of cool. It's special. It's the 200th episode. 
don't you tell me that it's not special. I'm trying to make something special that's actually just me doing the laziest thing that you could ever freaking do. Um, look, sorry. I'm not, look, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. Um, but yeah, so you'll just have to deal with that. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So tour went great. First week was, I guess I'm like recording an episode right now and I should just, the episode's already done, but I keep talking. Um, the tour went great first week. I love when I say tour and it's like, what am I Aerosmith going to 50 cities in a row? But, um, the first week was great. And I thank everyone who came to my shows. I'm this weird thing is happening that I don't like where I ask the audience if they've ever seen me before and about 85% of them haven't. So, you know, I, the theaters I sell are anywhere from three to 700 seats. So imagine if all the fans that have seen me before came and all those new people came, I'd be playing 2000 seat theaters. And I've been wondering why aren't I playing 2000 seat theaters? Like that's usually what happens at, at my level, like two specials in been doing it 20 years. So I always feel like with, with Jen Kirkman's life, like part of me feels like I'm the luckiest, most blessed person on earth, which I think is the true thing. Then every once in a while, when I want to be like, woe is me, I'm like, why is everything always just a little bit off for me? Like most comics build a fan base and then new people come and it's like a, a ball of twine. It gets bigger and bigger. And then some people have the unfortunate misfortune of the audience gets smaller until they fade away. I have this middle thing where audiences are relaying like, Hey, I came last year, you come this year and I'm staying at the same level, but twice as many more people know about me, but not everyone comes at the same time. That sounded gross. So people get your shit together. If you've seen me before, see me again. I just keep getting better and more loose on stage and more fun. I mean, come on, what are you doing? I've already seen her. I mean, you think you can treat me that way. I don't treat Morrissey that way. Seen him 22 times. Oh, God. I'm getting a little better with my habit of refreshing Twitter every two minutes to see how the Robert Mueller Trump Russia investigation is going. Like I assume like maybe check once at the end of the day, catch up on the news because I'm trying to read more. Like I'm a magazine whore and I'm actually trying to be better because I saw a stack at my place the other day. It's like, this is insane. I've got the New Yorker, Los Angeles magazine, Vogue and style, Vanity Fair, like the nation, like it's just, it's piling up and it looks like a hoarder. And a friend was like, that's bad for the environment. I'm like, I'm already vegetarian. Aren't I doing enough? But I guess I'm not. So that's why I am excited that we are also sponsored today by Texture. And this is something I use. It comes in handy on the road, but I think it comes in handy no matter what. So go to texture.com, T-E-X-T-U-R-E.com slash fun. And you're going to get a 14 day trial. It's normally $9.99 a month. You're like, well, what is it? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So basically here's the date. Texture supports journalism, not just by offering access to great magazines, but also financially a portion of every subscriber's fee goes directly to the publishers. So if you want to keep your favorite magazine in business, don't worry. You are still doing it by using Texture. 
Now, wouldn't it be great if you could read all your favorite magazines at a moment's notice? That's why Texture is great. The app lets you read all the latest news and culture magazines like Vanity Fair, New York Magazine, Interview, tons more, right on your tablet or phone anytime. You ever stop and look at like Bon Appetit or Wired or People and you're like, I don't know which one to take home. I'll forget and I'm overwhelmed. You don't have to. With the Texture app, you get access to all of it. It's like having a newsstand in your pocket. It legitimately is. It's really, really cool. Um, And I think some of the greatest journalism right now is happening in magazines as people do these deep dives. I hate that expression, but it's great. So they make it easy because there's so many good magazines out there. And you also like, it's a great app because they make it easy to find and enjoy the articles that you want to read. They've got daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. So you can get as involved with the app as you want to. It's normally $9.99 a month and you get a choice of over 200 magazines. You can read all of them. They're not like, that's too many. And you go to texture.com slash fun 14 day trial. So why subscribe to just a couple when you can have all your favorites on your smartphone or tablet? all the time for ridiculously way less. And it was selected as one of Apple's top 2016 iPad apps. So again, my listeners, 14-day trial, texture.com slash fun. You can get, I love reading the titles, People, Better Homes and Gardens, Esquire, Time, Real Simple, Reader's Digest, National Geographic, Sports Illustrated, Entertainment Weekly, Forbes, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Fast Company, Rolling Stone, Cosmopolitan, InStyle, Bloomberg Markets, Bon Appetit, Boys Life, Brides, Canadian Business, Car and Driver, Clean Eating, Coastal Living, Condé Nast Traveler, Consumer Reports, Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan Latina, Country Living, Cycle World, Dr. Oz, The Good Life, Do It Yourself Magazine, L, L Decor, ESPN, Rachel Ray, Family Circle, Family Fun, Field and Stream, Fitness, Flair, Food and Wine, Food, Ma- Food Network Magazine, Fortune, Girls Life, Glamour, Golf Digest, Golf Magazine, Good Housekeeping, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, Hello Canada, HGTV Magazine, Hot Rod, House and Home, House Beautiful, In Style, Interview. This is so fun to do. I feel like I'm having a nervous breakdown. Lucky, McLean's, Macworld, Marie Claire, Mar- Martha Stewart Living, Martha Stewart Weddings, Maxim, Men's Fitness, Men's Health, Men's Journal, Midwest Living, Money, More, Motor Trend, Motorcyclist, National Geographic Kids, National Geographic Little Kids, New York Magazine, Newsweek, Nylon, Oh, The Oprah Magazine, OK, Out, Outdoor Life. I'm going to, I can't breathe. I need an inhaler. There's so many goddamn magazines. 17, Shape, Sports Illustrated Kids, Successful Farming, Star, Teen Vogue, The New Yorker, Town and Country, Traditional Home, Vegetarian Times, Us Weekly, Weight Watchers, Wired, Women's Day, yoga journal. I just named some of them. Okay. Two magazines is $9.99 a month. You can get all this. God, I talk too much. And last but not least, we are sponsored today by Talkspace. I'm hearing from people that you guys are going in there. You're going, you're doing it. You're going to Talkspace. You're doing it. I have people that are writing me from overseas that they are doing Talkspace. And I think it's cool, Ash. You enjoyed our episode last week with, with Dr. Drew. A lot of people said it was healing. It was like therapy. Why not go to real therapy? Talkspace.com slash Jen. That's what you're going to do. It is the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. Okay? It's as little as $32 a week. You get an experienced licensed therapist that you relate to and you feel comfortable with. And each therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. So to match with the perfect therapist, Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. And to show your support for this podcast, you can use code Jen to get $30 off of your first month. So guys, 
I'm already seeing the Christmas decorations at Target. There's Halloween decorations at the grocery store. Don't forget what I'm saying. You didn't get the beach body this year. Get the beach mind. I know I keep saying beach mind because you're relaxed. Your, your family's not getting to you, the political discussions. You're lonely at the holidays. Whatever you are, you're going to be in shape for it. You're going to rule the holiday season. You're going to be like, this is the holiday season that I made a difference in my own life, that I gave the greatest gift to myself, the gift of mental health. So thank you, Talkspace. And thank you guys for being here for 200 episodes. Let's keep it going. And so I bring you now the silly slapdash put together last minute decision I made to turn my lab test show from Wednesday night, September 13th at the Hollywood Improv into a podcast. Oh, wait, before I do, God, come see me on tour. The shows have been selling out. So Brooklyn Bell House is already sold out. Um, So you need to come see me at the Highline Ballroom if you live in New York City. That's a Thursday night show. And uh, Boston, the Wilbur Theater, I'm so excited. I only have 200 tickets left. That's an 1,100-seat place. I'm, like, blown away. I need to sell it out. It would make me feel so special for, for, um, I don't know, everything. It would just make me feel special. Philadelphia and D.C., I feel like I'm not giving those enough attention. I'm at the Trocadero Theater next week and as well as the Howard Theater, the historic Howard Theater in D.C. So, guys, come to that. And I hope you've been enjoying. I've been doing, when I'm on the road, I do Instagram stories of my tour dates, my tour diary, and I think they're fun. So I'll be doing them September 19th through 25th every day. I, I mean, it's not like 24 hours. I mean, it's 20, it's, it's from bedtime to bedtime, like wake up to bed. And I have like so at least five minutes a day total when you put it all together. So it's fun. Follow me there. The OMG VIP meet and greets have been going great. People are loving their I'm just a soul trapped in a body um, bags that you get by signing up for it. And you get a free tour poster signed by me and a professional photo and all kinds of fun stuff. And then we can do a selfie as well and all that kind of thing. And we've been chatting. We've been having fun. We've moved the the shows to post-show. So I was doing pre-show because I thought, selfishly, it's better for my voice. But they're so early that people are like, I'm rushing to get here from work. So I feel like it's just more natural. Like after the show is the VIP meet and greet. So I get off stage. If I sucked, don't tell me. And we all go and have our little meet and greet. And it's totally fun. And you're already there. You know, instead of like, now you have to get there early. Like, why am I inconveniencing you? So, you know, we're working out the kinks. Um... So I hope you guys can upgrade to the VIP OMG experience. And for those of you who don't want to, that's totally fine too. You can still buy merchandise, but you just don't get the special merchandise that the VIPers get. Got to give them something special. Um, I'll see you guys on tour. And don't forget, if you bought tickets to any of my shows, tweet me about it. Hashtag JKTOUR2017. JKTOUR2017. 2017. And that way I can retweet you. The venues fucking love it. I'm telling you, I'm getting good feedback on that. So just do it. Take a picture of yourself, of your ticket, of your cat. I don't care. Um, and just say, I'm coming to the show. Can't wait. Or, you know, you know how to express yourself. All right, here we go. Cause it's fun. Um, I just had a birthday. Any Virgos in y'all? You guys all Virgos? No, are you just applying my birthday? I just turned 43. 43 is a nice age because Dan, like 39, oh, he left. 39 is such a, like, 
43, like, it's just sort of an age that no one, like, your friends are used to being in your 40s already, so like, oh, whatever, you know? And it's not 45, which is, like, halfway through, you're almost 50, like, Ugh. And 40 is an age where you don't even get to decide what you want to do for your birthday. Like, people harass you about it. And they're like, you need to have a big party. You need to make a will. So, like, for, <laughs> 43 is just like, meh. And so that's what I love about it is I'm in this sweet spot. Like, not quite menopause yet. Uh, almost. There's some stuff happening. Not quite menopause. <laughs> I've already dealt with being 40, so I'm, like, fine with it. We're just in this sweet, like, 43, just, like, smooth, like, everything's good. You know, I'm saying those things, like, I've never felt more confident and more like myself. It is really true. And I say I really don't give a fuck anymore. Now, a lot of people say things like this, like, you've got the, he tells it like it is, which means he's racist, and I appreciate that. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about that. And then there's, like, not giving a fuck in a rude way, like, step over a homeless person, like, I don't give a fuck. We're not talking about that. And we're not talking about I don't give a fuck, like, YOLO, like, I'm just going to smoke and drink all night. We're not talking about that. It's I don't give a fuck what people think of me. I don't give a fuck if I haven't accomplished. You don't even realize we look at our goals that we set in life and we go, we set those goals when we were 20 and we didn't know anything about fucking goals. Like, the, the, goals, were, the goals were way too high or way too small or way, like, why are we still looking back at, like, I didn't achieve that thing I thought when I was an idiot, you know, like... When I'd only been driving for four years, when I wasn't even legal to drink, like, why are we listening to that person? So you kind of realize, like, I don't give a fuck what I thought I would be. I don't get, like, I'm just, I'm finally releasing some of the control I thought I had over my, my life in the world. And it's, and I've talked to people about this, and I have the um, privilege of having friends of all ages. <laughs> and, um, but you talk to, like, well, I don't have teenage friends, but I've, have actually friends with teenagers and you talk to them and they're like, I don't give a fuck either. And you're like, Oh, it's different. <laughs> I mean, you talk to a millennial and they're like, I do not give a fuck. I just don't. And you're like, you know, you think you don't, <laughs> but it's different. I have someone in their thirties. They're getting there. They're like, I don't give a fuck. And you're like, you want to not, but you kind of do because these are the 10 years where you should be married. You should have a kid. You should do this. You should buy a house. Like, oh, you so give a fuck. You're white knuckling it. Like, but 40, everyone gives up on you if you haven't accomplished. So the pressure's off and or you're old enough to have earned some of the things. So nobody looks at you anymore. Nobody cares. And so I woke up at age 43 and it was deeper and I just felt, I don't give a fuck. And it was from this real bowel place. And that's what happens. It's, I don't give a fuck. 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 And then you become Maxine Waters. And I can't wait. I can't wait. But, I went, is Jackie here? Okay, I'm going to kill her. Um, well, we'll talk about. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna tell a story about what I did on my birthday. I went to a silent retreat, um, so I don't want to like. But I can set it up, and then I'll interrupt it with Jackie, and then we'll come back to it. Um, I don't mean interrupt. I think it's kind of fun the way the show is going. It's see, life you can't plan it. You can. Uh, um, I just want to say I can't believe Hillary wrote a book. Is she fucking kidding me? She was the first female presidential nominee. What the fuck does she have to say about anything? Well, I would she be looking back on that get over it honey you know like, 
the weirdest thing. People are so mad. I'm on tour right now, and um, and I, the the Bernard Bros don't like me, and I just want to emphasize, I love a lot of Bernie Sanders' ideas, but he gets his ass kissed so much by the media. Like, there was a guy on MSNBC today that goes, "Yeah, so." Single-payer healthcare, you get a card and you get covered. It's that easy. I'm like, oh, great, that easy. Like, that's, no, there's a whole, I mean, I want it, but you don't go on TV and say you get a card and you get covered. Like, if they pass the bill, everyone just gets a card in the mail and you're like, guess I'm fine. Like, no paperwork or explanation or system doesn't have to change. I want it so bad. I'm not dissing his ideas, but I think he, you know, ran a very negative campaign and I, I don't like the way he sort of incited these young men who feel sort of the same way that Trump voters felt, which is like entitled and someone's taking something away from me, but I don't know who. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. They're, they're really harassing women and I didn't like it and they're still doing it. And I don't don't like it now. It's nothing to do with Bernie per se, although I do think he sort of doesn't say anything about it. You know what I mean? And we don't have to agree with me, but just respect my opinion. Okay. So then, but I like to call them, now, not everyone who likes Bernie. Are you a Bernie bro? Of course not. I call myself a Bernie bro because I was so into him for so long. Like, you don't even know. Like, when he started getting popular, people were calling me. Like, it's finally happening for you. Like, it was, it was like when the Red Sox won in 2004. Like, the way that you just talk to Boston people. Like, your life's better now. Like, I was so into him. So I feel objective about how I just went, oh, God. Oh, God. Like, for me, I feel like I was neutral because I don't fall in love with politicians like they're my mommy or daddy. Because um, I have parents and I don't need any more. I... <laughs> Don't even feel like I needed the ones I got. So, no, I kid. So, but, so I don't have a problem going, yeah, the way he campaigned really turned me off. I love his ideas, but other people who campaign better and probably politic better have those ideas. Okay. There's something about the particular Bernie voter that cannot handle that nuance. And they're just like, what are you, a corporate whore? I'm like, I don't know. I guess so. I'm selling merch. I probably am. You know, like... I didn't borrow this computer I'm typing on. I assume you did, you know. Um, I assume you're at the public library. Um, so they're trying, to, they're trying to start boycotts against my shows. But they're doing such a bad job. I didn't even know about it. They, they were trying to do it to my Seattle show last week, and I didn't know until yesterday. <laughs> Someone showed me a snapshot. It was like, they think, this is what they think is going to happen. So they tweet at the theater to, like, cancel the show. That's already been sold out. They like return the money theater because, because she doesn't like Bernie Sanders. <clears throat> Do you know how much it happened at one theater once that I was aware of? Do you know how much they laughed their faces off when I told them that they're like, I don't give a shit if you have a Nazi rally on this stage. We just made money tonight. That, I'm sure they would care. But second of all, they said, uh, wait for her outside and throw tomatoes at her. Like I walk down the street at night alone, just like, hey, open, you know, women walking down the street in San Francisco in the dark, like, that's me. That's how I get to my shows. Like I take, I get the fancy lift just in case a fan sees me. She's doing well. You know, (laughs) I look at the receipt later. I'm like, what the fuck? I could have spent seven bucks. I spent 47. And I get, just in case anyone sees me, I get out of an Escalade. Hi. Oh, like Lindsay Lohan. And then I go. 
And I have someone waiting for me because of all the harassment I got on my last tour from the bros. I have a guy waiting for me, and I go, I'm pulling up, and he opens the door, and I run it. So they're not going to get me. But if they ever get me with tomatoes, I will keep them on, like Jackie O keeping blood on her suit. Like, I'll just be, like, wearing it, like... And then they said, buy tickets for her show and throw them during it. So I'm like, you buy tickets for my show. Sounds fucking great. These morons were tweeting about my show. It was one of the best-selling shows I've ever had and no tomatoes. And so that, I guess, is what the revolution is. Like, I'm not sure, but it seems to be a lot of focus on me and throwing tomatoes at me. And so I, if any of you are here tonight for that reason, don't hit Jackie or Dan. Um, you'll get a better shot at me when I'm outside doing the merch thing. Just get it right in my face. Um, I just wanted to tell that quick, dumb thing because I thought it was funny. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, I hope none of you are re- reading Hillary's book because it was super fucking rude of her to write it. Um, and she's selling it, too. She's not, like, giving it away. What a bitch. (laughs) Can I just complain one more thing about what Hillary's doing? She's going on a book tour to promote it. Who does that? Okay. So, let's begin. You know where you love her. What, you guys? Vacation, everyone. Oh my God, I'm LOLing in the corner. Jackie Cage and Dan Telfer, aren't they delights? We love them. Don't forget to get their albums, Ocean of Panic, and I am not the hero of this story. That's your little present to yourself. Okay, so we have a half hour left. I'm going to tell a story about my silent retreat. So um, I went on a silent retreat for my birthday this year. Now... My birthday falls on the worst time of year, August 28th, because it's the week. It's sometimes it's on Labor Day. I don't know. It's the week before Labor Day. Nobody can ever come. It's always like if I'm in a relationship, like I've had two things happen. If I'm in a relationship and I want to throw a party, my single friends have been like, I'm not coming because I'm the only one not in a relationship. I'm like, okay, it's not a swingers party. Like, okay. (laughs) And then it seems the years that I'm not in a relationship, people are like, Brad and I are going away. I'm sorry. But we'd love to make you dinner when you get back. That sounds fun. I love going to people's houses for dinner by myself, like I'm some weird (laughs) vagabond friend. Um, I invited you to a party specifically so I don't have to be alone with you and Brad. Um, But So this year, I was not in a relationship. I I, I don't know if you listen to my podcast. I I discussed it. I I got... um, I've broken up with the day after Christmas this year, which is not ideal um, because it was me and my uh, partner's I said boyfriend. I just hate the word boyfriend. It was our, our favorite holiday. We met at Christmas time five years ago, so it was just like a whole can of shit. And um, but I'm not date. I don't date. I'm not. I'm 
like kissed anyone since him on Christmas Day. Like I literally do not like I'm doing a one year thing where I don't do anything for a year, but I've never looked. I've never done a dating app. Does not interest me at all. And I'm just in the public eye enough that it's weird. Like I don't want to do it. And I think I would be offended if someone didn't recognize me. <laughs> and that's really the problem. So, um, no, but I really don't want, I'm not looking for me. Love is an extra. And so I think if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Now I don't have anything against online dating. I think that is good for people who don't like to like go out. Like, what are you going to go to some club and meet someone? And it's like, mm-ts, mm-ts, hi, you know, I get it. And like for people like my sister lives deep in the suburban woods and she's tried a couple websites and it's just as depressing as going to a club, but I get it. Like I've had friends that got married off of dating websites. Like it's totally valid. Uh, I had friend, my old friend, uh, shout out to my friend, Patrick. He, um, and his wife met on Tinder, but they're old, like they're in their forties. So it was like, I think if you're in your forties and you meet on Tinder, you're like, this is going to be a relationship, right? Cause my pussy's not that great anymore. They're going to show it to you for one night, like for no reason, you know, like I don't, and that's why I felt like I thought I was just going to like, I've already been married and stuff like that. But this guy was the one that I met after the marriage where I was like, oh, this is how I was supposed to feel about my husband. And so I assumed we'd be together for a long time. But I kind of like don't feel bad for me because I kind of have blinders where if someone's given me a red flag, I'm like, that's great. They'll work on it. Like, I just don't. <laughs> so I've learned a lot about like, oh, oh, do I even want him now? No, but not in like a fuck him Chardonnay way. Like it just kind of. Anyway, I've talked about this in my podcast. So I don't want to repeat it, but I just don't want anyone to feel bad for me. It's not like a sad dumping story. It's just sort of like a, you need to know the circumstance that I am on my own. And so, but I, I'm loving the one year thing. It's going by very fast. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do fucking two years. I'm, I'll probably spend the rest of my life without a partner and it's fine with me. You know, like again, at a certain age, you're like, I think I had all the sex from like 20 to here. And I think I'd front loaded too much of it. There was a lot of different experiences, maybe some husbands in there that were, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that went on and, um, I think I'm done and now it's about companionship. And so, (laughs) because I thought he was going to see me through menopause. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to start explaining my night sweats to someone right now. So I'm. You know, I'm like, I go to the theater and I actually really, okay. but I, I feel like I'm just going to meet someone when I'm 50 and they're going to be in New York. And that's when I move back. Well, I'm going to move back before that, but I'll meet the divorcee. He doesn't know he's getting divorced yet, but he is a very respectful divorce. Um, and I'm just like, I still don't have a sex drive anymore. I don't know what's happening. I don't want to do hormone treatments. Just want to go to the theater. He's like, sounds great. I'm like, you can fuck other people on the side. He's like, perfect. Um, <laughs> No, okay. I'm sure I'll have a sex drive again, um, but so nice not to have one. Um, it comes and goes. I get one for like one second. I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, it's over. Like, it's so great. It's like when you have to sneeze, you're like, oh, no. Um, so, so with that all being said, I was like, you know, last year he and I went to Santa Barbara. It was fun. We went to a salt cave, meditated in it. And a spiritual couple. <laughs> they never last. And um, so I was like, you know, I don't, you know how you don't know? Like, it, we've been broken up for nine months. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Like, I don't know. So, like, maybe I should plan something 
So I'm just going to go away. I went to a silent retreat. I was like, that'll be nice. And it'll be a safe place. But I feel sad. I didn't feel sad at all. I'm very over it, but I didn't know. Okay. So I go to the silent retreat. Now it was such a great experience. Does anyone know where Vacaville, Vacaville, California is? You do? I did. Oh, wow. It's very, I didn't, had never heard of it. Um, did you live there or anything like that? Or mm. it's, is it supposed to be yellow or is that the drought? Oh, what does it smell? I didn't notice any smell. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, someone, just in case they can't hear, it's a cow town. Yeah, you're right. It smells like uh, cow poop, I assume. I have my windows up, AC on. Who cares about nature? You said, <laughs> when I'm in a rental car, by the way, I love the worst music. I'm like, Sugar Ray? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I just want to fly. I'm like, all around the world, statues crumble for me. I'm like, they do. What does that mean? That's not even an expression, is it? Why would they crumble for him? Because they're overwhelmed by his presence? What does that mean, statues crumble for me? Does anyone have a guess? My, these are my two guesses. All around the world, statues crumble for me. Who knows how long I've loved you? What? It's so funny because like Nirvana writes a lyric and it's very heroiny and you're like, that doesn't make sense, but I get it. He's high. It's like meat eating orchids, you know, something, something meat eating orchids. Oh my God. I don't remember the lyrics. Oh my God. I'm getting old. What are the lyrics? What are the lyrics? Meat eating orchids. Forgive no one just yet. Cut myself on angel's hair and baby's breath. I don't know what that means. I've never shot up. Right. Okay. But I forgive it because I understand it's probably drug-induced. But all around the world, statues crumble for me. Who knows how long I've loved you? It doesn't sound like heroin. It just sounds like I'm a cute guy. There's some kind of backbeat that 13-year-olds were like, I can say anything. But if I had to guess what all around the world, statues crumble for me means, and I'm assuming it's a separate thought than who knows how long I've loved you, I don't know, but that's, we can't, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> but all around the world, statues crumble for me. This is what I think. He's going around the world and he's in awe, the majesty of Venice or something, you know? And the statues crumble for him. And he's like, I'm so, like, it's a song about like being blessed. It's like, I'm so blessed that they see the majesty in me and they crumble before me. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. I just think that's what it means. I, I ha thought I had a second guess, but I don't. Does anyone want to wager a guess what they think that fucking means? Just shout it out. If you have it, no one has it. Oh, that's it, baby. I'm be so for the people at home that are listening, this woman said, um, it's metaphorical. The statues are women crumbling for him or all around the world. He's got one in every port. You women are just weak in the knees when I come around. I was in an elevator once with Mark McGrath. And, um, you remember where, uh, oh, it's on Robertson. It's uh, the restaurant. It closed. It had all this healthy food. And there was like a magazine stand inside of it. And it's in this little, like, there's like a lot of buildings in it. Oh, whatever. I was in an elevator with him in... in 
that area, newsroom, newsroom. I was in an elevator with him in the area of newsroom. He, I think there's a gym there. He just worked out. And um, he was acting so, because like, I think there's like a Sony in that building. There's some kind of studios in that building where they do the artwork for movies. So it's like everyone in that elevator has either gone to newsroom and they're an LA regular who doesn't like care if they see a celebrity or they're at the fancy gym and they're probably a celebrity or they're at the, they just had a meeting at the studios. Nobody is like, but, and not an elevator in like Omaha where there's never a celebrity and people are like, Oh my God, he was just like at, in the corner hiding. Like, so that he could have his private moment. Like no one wants to talk to you. So, but I would have maybe, you, he probably was hiding. Cause he's like, I don't want anyone asking me what all around the world stuff is problem. <laughs> But you're right, like Venus, like, yeah, I get it, I get it. And the women, yeah, I'm sure it does happen. I'm sure all around the world women crumble for him. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get to the silent retreat. So I'm, dri- so I'm driving in the car, loving that song. What's the other one? Somebody once told me the world was gone. I'm like, hey, now, you're an all-star. Oh, my God. I'm like, I've got goals. I'm pulling over, making notes in my phone. Like, this year, we're doing this. Like, get paid. You're like, I should get paid. Hey, now. So anyway, so that was fun. So I get to the silent retreat. Now, there's silent retreats you may have heard of where you do 10 days and it's like serious meditation, like eight hours a day. And you, I mean, you're really challenged. You lose your mind, your back hurts. You're like, what is life? This is one of the, this was not that. This is more like, um, easy. (laughs) It was not, (laughs) you can pick two to five days. It's not a meditation. There is meditation there and you have to do it, but it's, 45 minutes in the morning and a half hour at night, nine to nine 45 and then seven to seven 30 easy. And then you have the whole day alone and it's a very small property, but it's imagine, uh, uh, this couple has this beautiful house like way up on a hill. And then they've got like, it's almost weird. It's almost like the, the main house where the retreat is, is the big house. And then they live in the back house. I guess that's exactly what it is. And then, um, so you stay there, and there's about eight bedrooms. Some of them can fit two people, but it's all twin beds. So I don't know what you do if you're a couple, if you just sleep in twin beds. And I don't know if it's designed that way. Like, there's no double beds. Like, there's no – any double occupancy room has two twin beds. Like, maybe it's to curb anyone from fucking and making sounds or whispering at night, but people can still hear you. So the point of the silent retreat, as they said, was to get back in touch with – it was really cool because you think about, oh, I can't talk. But what really is hard is you can't hear. There's no audio coming in. So if whatever you do around the house, I listen to podcasts while I do the dishes. I've got the news on. There's nothing. There's no Wi-Fi. I mean, you can use your phone and stuff if you want, but you really shouldn't. So there's like there's no Wi-Fi. There's no TV. You could put your headphones on if you wanted, but I swear once you're there, it doesn't feel right. So it's, for me, it was, I'm always processing audio and to not do that was like, oh, and there's not really anything to hear. It's not like the ocean, like it's dead quiet, which is cool. But that was what was hard for me. But when I was going there, uh, and I don't like small talk. I think it's very rude when you're renting a car for someone to ask where you're going. Like it doesn't have anything to do with the car rental. Like I picked out the car online. I gave you my credit card. 
All we're doing is seeing if there's dents and you're going to upsell me on the insurance. I take it every fucking time. I need the peace of mind. I will pay. I don't care. I would trade the peace of mind of did my bank account just completely empty from paying $4,000 for insurance or if someone hits me, I can just walk away. I would take that. So, but I hate when they're like, where are you going? Why? Well, how does that affect you? Like, what am I? I'm going to a silent retreat. Oh, what do you do there? It's literally in the name of the thing. You silent retreat. I don't think I could stop talking. You're not that interesting. You probably should think about it. Like the least interesting people were telling me, I don't think I could not talk. And I'm like, you're not Dick Cavett. Like I could see if he was like, I don't think I could. Thank you for getting a Dick Cavett joke. Just if you didn't, I would just blown my hat off right here. Like you, I love an audience that's like, listen, I've got a giant theory on a Mark McGrath lyric and I know who Dick Cavett is. That is the intersection of my crowd and I love you for it. So I get there, this beautiful couple, probably maybe in their 60s, they have one in Assisi, Italy as well. So they're really into the whole St. Francis thing. I, I Like a publicist. Yeah, the St. Francis thing is hot this year. You know, just patron saint of animals. A lot of people are into it. Um, but I love St. Francis. I don't care if he's real. I just love the person that communes with animals and, and says if you pray and if you want to pray, you, you don't pray for things for yourself. How, you say, how can I be an instrument of peace? So it's all about that. And that's how we feel connected to humanity is we help others. We don't ask for things. So love St. Francis. Okay, so they've got the place in Assisi. They used to live in Bali. Now they're in Vacaville where you said it's a drought and you said it's always like that. So we don't know. It's a controversy. We don't have time tonight to figure it out. So they're lovely. So when you pull up, that's the only talking is the woman um, helps you and says, okay, and you can put your things upstairs and then park your car down there and we'll meet at... She's like, now just to let you know, be quiet. Um, you might feel tempted to talk to other people, but just think that they're here for their own reasons and they don't want to be interrupted. And it was like, oh, that's genius. So it was great. But, so you, you know, you unpack, but there's still that moment where you're like, I want to... So you, you do your own grocery shopping. I went to Trader Joe's like 20 miles away. I bring my groceries. There's that moment where you're like, I want to go to the kitchen and make a big, beautiful kitchen, like modern, like just nice, like home makeover show type kitchen, like silver, you know, island. Great. Uh, you go down the kitchen, oh, I want to make toast. And then you're like, someone's going to talk to me. Cause they're like, you're, you know, at work when you're like, I want to get coffee in the kitchen, but oh, Dave's going to come in and start talking. And I, <laughs> you feel that. And then you relax. Cause you're like, they can't, they can't talk to me. They can stare at me. They can be in there next to me. They can't talk to me. It's the most freeing feeling. But then I noticed when I got down there, it was not, that I, I felt like I should be talking because I'm so codependent. Like someone was cooking and I was like, I, sh- I want to say smells good because it just, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> and then I'm like, I should say smells good because she's probably obviously damaged like me and that's why she's here on the silent retreat. And I don't see a wedding ring. She's probably divorced. Her husband probably never liked her cooking. Was probably, I was like, what's that smell? She probably loved cooking as a child. Had an abusive mother who was like, turn the stove off. I have a headache. I smell the gas fumes. But mother, I love cooking. (laughs) And she's like, I am reclaiming my time as a 60-year-old woman. 
I'm going to cook on the silent retreat and nobody can criticize me. So I wanted to be like, it smells great. Like she needed me to say it. But she didn't, so I didn't say anything. But I was scared. I was scared there'd be, you know that like hippie guy who's like 60 and he's still kind of hot in a way, but you're still too young for him at 43. You know what I mean? But he don't care. And I was so afraid that guy would be in the kitchen and I would walk in and he'd be like, I know we're not supposed to be talking. But I think you'd get this. I sold George Harrison his first sitar. I'm like, I was so afraid that that would happen. And I was so afraid that that would happen. And then I'd be like, oh, cool. Fuck. Now I'm in this conversation for an hour. But there was no guys there. It was just women. Five women. And I was so curious. Who are we, ladies? Like, I know what I am. Straight woman. Not in a relationship. Who are you guys? Like, no one had a wedding ring on. Maybe they're married. They don't wear a wedding ring. Maybe they're gay. Not that you can't be married, but maybe they're gay and married without a wedding ring. Maybe they're gay and single. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe they're single and don't want to be. Maybe they're single and do want to be. I couldn't. Is someone dead? Are you a widow? What? Who are you? I need to fucking know. I don't want to have a conversation. I just wish you could wear a sign that said, this is what, because I'm not sociable. I'm nosy. Right? There's a huge fucking difference. The haircuts were terrible. Oh, horrible haircuts. I'm friends with lesbians. They don't have to have bad hair. You don't have my lesbian friends are shallow as shit. They want like Hooters waitresses. Like you don't need to have bad hair to be a lesbian. You don't need to. If you have that short hair, like, like I'm going to say Rachel Maddow hair, but I like her hair because as a newscaster, I want no fuss, no nonsense. You give me that Rachel Maddow hair. Okay. <laughs> but if you're not Rachel Maddow, if you're not delivering the news, you can just like Rachel Maddow cannot distract us with jewelry and brights. She's got the best. I mean, she got the jacket, my hair short. She started wearing a ring on one finger. I'm like, that's distracting me, honey. I need everybody. This is like my dance teacher used to say in the recital. It's don't wear nail polish, don't wear jewelry. You're the dancing is the communication. You cannot be yourself. You are communicating a message. So I appreciate that Rachel keeps it very plain. But in real life, dress it up. So I, I want to know, why is your hair so short? Do you think it looks good? Because I don't think it does. But I'm just saying, is it a passive-aggressive, I hate my husband, chopping it off at 60? I want to know. I want to know why everyone's saying. Now, I've had a pixie cut twice in a shaved head, so I can make fun of how awful it looks. You think it's going to look good because you're looking at a picture of, like, Emma Stone at the Emmys. You're like, that looks cute. Yeah, she's 55 stylists for 10 hours. But it's normally just sticks up straight and you look like you just got out of a hospital and had to shave your head for some reason. <laughs> oh, did you do the challenge because your sister had cancer and you shaved your head too? No, I thought I looked like Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> did you at least donate the hair? I was too busy sobbing when I saw how bad it looked. I didn't, I didn't scoop it up. So I need to know who these women are, but... I cannot ask them, and thank God I can't because I don't want to talk to them. Now, it's beautiful. It is three days now, and it is quiet. Now, I'm a little mad. So day three, you start to judge people. Day three, you start to get mad because you're just like, I don't understand you. Like, okay, so imagine you're upstairs, and then there's a light. You turn it on to walk downstairs, but for some reason when you get downstairs, the light there does not connect to the light there, so you can't turn it off. 
So you have to, yuck, I know. So hard. Forget DACA. Have you ever been on a staircase where the lights don't connect? Maybe it's not so bad, DACA people. Maybe the country you're going to be sent to will have lights that do that. So, yeah, so, but I, they're on a dimmer. So I turned it like the dimmest you could dim it. And I went downstairs to make my toast. And I came back. Three minutes later, it's off. And I'm like, what cunt? Was like, well, me and my short hair have to have everything perfect. I go, oh, the light is on. That is off. Like, I'm obviously down there. Bet you can hear me because there's no other sounds. But the... So. I do this thing on my birthday where I had a one-on-one spiritual consultation. I can't believe these people weren't creepy. They fucking weren't. The woman was just like, yeah, I'm kind of an energy healer. Like, do whatever, you know, meditate, and I'm going to... You know that, that Reiki thing where you feel the heat and the hands there? Amazing. I felt it. Great, 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 great. I started sobbing because I felt this lightness. I don't know. It felt good. I, I actually felt like I was radiating energy. It was lovely. And I had seen these birds on the property in packs, and I, weren't, I wasn't sure what they were. And so I didn't say anything to anybody because, well, you, I can't. But, um, and I wanted to get my phone and take a picture of them and text it to my sister and be like, will you look up what kind of bird this is? But I wouldn't be seen with my phone. So I was just like, what is that? And I was Googling large birds walking around, and it wasn't, nothing looked like what I saw. So I was like, are they dirty swans? Like, I don't get what these are. So we're sitting there meditating. She goes, do you feel like, and you know, St. Francis, Saint, uh, patron saint of animals, they all came to him. She goes, do you feel this kind of like energy that you're attracting things? And I go, I actually do. She goes, look out the window. And on the glass door, one of those birds was just like up looking. At <laughs> and she goes, you attracted one of the turkey's attentions. I go, it's a turkey? Oh. I know what that was. I've never seen a turkey. You know, I've never seen a turkey before, I don't think. They seem like chicken size, don't they? But with the neck. And I don't eat meat, which doesn't mean anything because it's not like you guys who eat turkeys see what the whole turkey looks like. <laughs> but when you see the little turkey body that they sell around Thanksgiving, you... It can't be this... This thing was like this big. I thought they were peacocks that had lost their fuck. I was like, oh my God. I thought it was like global warming affected peacocks. I was like, oh, it's peacocks without the thing. Global warming, the drought. And I go, oh. And so she was like, you're, she goes, I don't want to be weird, but you have a really nice energy. And when you pulled up, like, I just felt like you were a really kind and gentle person. And I was like, yeah, true. <laughs> No, actually, it was hard for me to take the compliment because I don't see myself that way, but I, I would like it to be true, obviously. But um, I wanted to be like, why? Tell me what the other people's vibes are because I'm getting some fucking, that one with the control freak with the lights. So I leave the session. I feel so good. And then I take a little hike and she's like, watch out. There's rattlesnakes. I actually, weirdly, am not afraid of snakes, um, especially ones that aren't poisonous. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I'm walking back from the hike. So I Google turkeys before my hike. And I Google in a way that's leading. I'm like, are turkeys spiritual and good luck? You know, or, you know, 
And they're like, turkeys are a sign. If you see a turkey looking at you, it means that you have abundance. Not materialistic, but abundance. You are, I mean, it basically was everything you would want someone to say about you. You are energy. You have energy. The turkey knows it. Why doesn't anyone else get it? You're a being. Like, you're just like, ah, so true. So I take my phone with me on the hike, just in case. I don't fucking know. It's pretty hot out. I might uh, drop dead, you know. What the phone's gonna do, but maybe like a wild fox will come by and dial 911. I know it's crazier things have happened. So I'm walking back from the hike, I'm feeling really good. And I see it's like up the road, the house is there, and there's just a dirt road, and there's a turkey staring at me. But it's not the, and I, I saw it differently in my mind when it was pressed up against the window. And I thought, oh, it's dying to come in and feel the spiritual energy. And now I'm like, that thing was trying to fucking kill me. Like, <laughs> because it was just standing there like a dirty, hairy movie. Like, and I was like, God, now I know why people have guns that live in the woods. I thought it was because they were stupid. It's because they fucking crazy animals everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, so I Google, are turkeys going to kill people? <laughs> And it was like, they absolutely are. Run, turkeys are evil. It was so different than the other Google that was like, get away from them. They'll peck your face off. They have big wingspan. So I'm like, shit. So I run and I sit in my car. But I don't have the keys. So I can't turn it on with the AC. So I'm just sweating 110 degrees. And then I finally get out and I'm like, I hope the turkey's gone. The turkey was up in the... Like, so there's a saltwater pool, and then there's this little, like, tiny mountain area. Like, not even a mountain, like a, you know, little hill. And turkeys are there. So I do that thing that, I don't know, women, if you can relate, when you're walking alone at night and you want to look crazy so no one rapes you, <laughs> you just, um, I've walked down dark streets at night going, ah, ah, and waving my arms so that anyone that was going to try to do something to me is like, oh, no. And so... I walk by the turkeys going, ah! But I forget I'm on a silent retreat. There's people in the saltwater pool staring at me, and I'm like, ah! And they're staring, and I'm trying to look. You know how you think, okay, I just did something insane, but if I do something so sane after, it erases the insane. So I start walking like the most gentle, gentle woman like Mother Mary on a cloud above the earth. And I'm like, and I'm just looking like, I pick a lavender out of the bush and I take a moment. I don't know, there must have been someone else yelling like a freak. So, we're almost done. So I'm loving the retreat, except I can't figure out who anyone is. The thing I hate about it is that people are cooking and I have to see a psychiatrist about that. I've been in therapy many years and it's been, I've worked out my intimacy issues to where I finally, you know, want, um, friends in my life and relationships and all that. So, so I've been nailing it the last five years with intimacy, like really good with that stuff. It must be connected with intimacy issues some way, but I don't like when people cook. I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't mind if you cook for me at a restaurant or but people who are too into it, like, it's meditative. I'm like, ugh, I don't know what it is. It makes me annoyed. Maybe it was just annoyed at the retreat. But I went to the Trader Joe's, and I just bought, like, cocktail food, like, chips and salsa, baby carrots. Like, I was just dipping and eating. Like, I didn't 
bring anything to make because I didn't want to make anything. I just want to. So I'm in the. I'm eating like. I don't know what I'm eating. Like I'm not even putting it on a plate. I'm in the fridge just grazing, and this people are cutting up squashes, cutting up things. I'm like, I didn't even know that was food. I thought it was just a decoration at the grocery store at, at Halloween. I didn't even know. And everyone is sautéing and melting and freezing, and I'm just like, you nerds. I don't know why it was making. I don't know why. I just had no more thoughts to think. So I was just like, I hate all of you. And then just like I opened the fridge, and there were three carrots soaking in a bin of water, and I was like. They weren't baby carrots and they weren't long ones. It was this mid-sized carrot I've never seen the likes of. Just three soaking. Why? And there's pads of paper and notes every year. You, people would leave things like help yourself to like this lentil soup. Like I don't want, I don't ever want fucking lentils. Do you understand me? I'm a vegetarian, sometimes vegan. I, I'll eat a napkin. Lentils are fine. So boring. Please don't. Don't leave them out for me either. I don't want them. It's so on the nose of a silent retreat. Lentils. You're ruining my reputation by acting like this. Do you get it, ladies? So I'm like, why are you soaking three carrots? Please leave a note about it. This is fucked. I need to know. This is seriously, you know how some people get upset? Oh, I saw a Muslim on a plane and he seemed upset and he was going in his bag acting weird. Doesn't bother me. This is see something, say something territory. <laughs> Why are you soaking three fucking carrots and thinking you don't have to explain shit to anybody? Why are hippies always soaking things? Stop luxuriating and everything and hurry the fuck up! So in conclusion, it was very beautiful because, you know, women in a house, we're very good at being quiet because society tells us, don't you dare make a sound. <laughs> Hope none of you women are writing a book up there. <laughs> so we're really good at tiptoeing, right? And we're really good at shutting doors and like turning the knobs so that, and then turning it back. So I never heard anyone do anything. I mean, it could have been a ghost for all I know that shut that light off. Day four of the retreat, one man joins us. Energy changes immediately. And at this point, I'm just so tired of being there that I'm like ready to hate the crack of my knuckles. So we're doing a meditation. So it was actually very beautiful. Uh, it was the morning meditation. And the guy that, that is the part of the retreat goes, you know, I lived in Bali for many years. And, and, and whether or not this is, I'm getting this exactly true, like you get the essence of what I'm saying. He said, first six months of a baby's life in Bali, they don't let them touch the ground. It's holding, 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 holding just to the love and the thing, and then they go to a temple and they offer, you know, they don't have priests begging you for money. It's everyone offer. Okay, great. Beautiful. And he goes, whatever that means to you, whether you literally weren't, oh, fuck, I'm fucking this joke up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's going to come back. He didn't say this yet. <laughs> what he said was, welcome to Jerry or whatever his name is. We're going to meditate. And this is how the meditations will go. He goes, look deep inside your heart and inside your real heart. Pretend there's like a golden heart and it's radiating light. And then, then you shut up. Then you half hour to do whatever meditation you do. Or you can even sit there making a fucking to-do list. No one cares, right? Every meditation was always so peaceful and quiet with only the sound of a turkey beak trying to break in. <laughs> Within four seconds, you hear... <laughs> 
control. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, why can't men control their goddamn bodies ever? <laughs> First of all, you fell asleep, judging you for that. Second of all, you had to snore. You had to snore. Don't you know you snore? You can't go into silent retreat then. You can't go. You can't go. You have to figure it out. Get an operation. Okay. <laughs> Wear a mouth guard, whatever they do. And I'm acting like he's having a fucking wet dream and it's getting on everyone. I'm like, men are pigs. And so after the meditation, he doesn't even know he's snoring, snores through the whole fucking thing. And I have to do that thing that meditators are supposed to do, which is ignore the sound and make it part of your environment. You, why can't he make the quiet part of his environment? I always, women always have to do everything, you know. So we're leaving the studio and he's walking on the grass. You can hear him on the grass. He's in the house, slam, slam. Like, like, he's just like, I didn't even know doors closed like that. Like, I've just been able to do whatever I want, whatever, you know. And he's like, and I'm laying in bed that night, and I'm like, and he snored again at the evening meditation, and I'm like, I fucking, and I saw him wearing headphones, sitting there doing shit on his phone. Like, what are you listening to a podcast? Like, Go home if you're going to snore and bang around. What are you getting out of this? And I was laying in bed that night, and I was like, I'm sorry. Just to myself. I'm sorry, and I'm, and I'm sorry to say this. I'm saying it in my head, but I'm going to say it when I get back. And, and I know there's good men out there, but I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't care. The, the world is shit. Do you understand me? And the men that say not all men, it's not good enough anymore. It is all men. If you are a man, it is you too. I don't care. Men are a cancer. God made a mistake. They are, they are not, I don't care the sperm. We don't need to make more people. We'll make them out of clay and blow on them. Who, we never tried that. Fuck men. I hate men. They literally are defective. I don't want them here. They are disease. And then I go to sleep. I feel so good. So the next morning I wake up. Now I'm telling you the meditation with the Bali and the thing. The guy goes, whatever that means to you in life, whether you feel you literally weren't held by your parents or you're not held now in your relationships or you don't hold a space for yourself in this half hour meditation, you are like a baby in its first six months who is so loved and so safe that you will not touch the ground. And I look over at the guy ready to hate <laughs> and he's just tears and I'm like oh my god <laughs> men are like the most beautiful vulnerable creatures like more so than women because we're trained to be that way you know and like <sighs> so during the meditation I'm he's not snoring anymore and I'm going <sighs> <laughs> Way worse, because snoring, you can get into the rhythm of... It's like the waves. But me and... Uh. <laughs> then we get back into the house. He's walking. Like a cloud. Like a cloud man. And he opens the door, and he holds it for me. And then he shuts it behind him. He can't even hear the door shut. And I'm like, he is a prophet. <laughs> because here's the deal, and this... I can't, we didn't say a word to him and he knew his energy was off and he probably felt a lot of shame and that's why he put his headphones on. He was withdrawing. (laughs) And then by example, he just followed what we did and it didn't emasculate him and we're all the same. And if the world could see the silent retreat, 
And then I got my period the next day. I was like, oh, that's what that was. Because <laughs> I think that's one more thing men don't get about periods. I know PMS, my girlfriend's a bitch. We get, we'll admit it, we're a bitch. But what you don't know about PMS is it also looks like this. Will you guys stop making fun of Trump's fat ass? Like, I'm sorry, but like... I hate him, and he may have raped a couple people, and he's in bed with Russia, and he thinks, you know, Mexicans should leave the country. Like, I get it. I get it. But, like, there's something so vulnerable about him walking down the steps of Air Force One, and his bum's too big, and he's off balance. <laughs> At least someone's grandfather, you guys. That's also what PMS looks like. <laughs> oh, we've gone on long enough. There's another show coming in after this. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed, and we'll be out there with the merch. I'm selling books to you. And you don't have to buy anything. I'm just letting you know. Sometimes people want it, so I make it available. Sometimes they don't. They walk on by. Uh, one thing I will not be selling out there is Hillary Clinton's book. Again, do not fall for that shit. <laughs> A woman writing about her experience. Taking responsibility for what she thought she may have done wrong and then explaining some of the other factors involved that are actually pretty scandalously interesting. <laughs> Not enough, babe. Not enough. You should have gone to Wisconsin, honey. I don't really think that, but that's what, you know, they say. I'm sure that would have stopped Russia from stealing the election. Oh, Vlad, stop it. Hillary went to Wisconsin. Fuck, we can't continue with this weird mission. I know it sounds insane to say that you know that you think Russia stole the election, but that's what's insane about it is that they stole the election. <laughs> okay. Um, you're all beautiful people. The next one of these is October 18th. And um, I was going to stop doing them after that, but these have been so fun. Um, I guess I'm just going to ask the improv if they'll let me do one every month for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys. Good night. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Jackie. Peace out. <laughs>